Bismillah, assalamu alaikum, and welcome to Daraja. This is Omar bringing you the Stairway to Your Higher Self podcast. Daraja is an Arabic word that means levels, stages, steps, or degrees. In each episode, we'll bring you stories of Muslim leaders from around the world who have overcome significant challenges through discipline, positivity, and faith. Our goal is that you'll be inspired through their stories to reach your higher self. Welcome to Daraja. Today, we will be talking about authenticity with a woman who embodies the concept and has an amazing story that we hope will inspire you and give you practical tips on how to find and lead with your most authentic self. Dr. Rubina F. Malik is a strategic advisor and thought leader. She works with startups to Fortune 500 brands to enhance the engagement, retention, and promotion of diverse candidates to propel programs such as mentoring, career sponsorship, and leadership development. Dr. Malik holds a PhD with an emphasis on human resource organization development from the University of Georgia. A global citizen, she calls Dubai and Atlanta home. Dr. Rabina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's clear from your resume that you are passionate about empowering and motivating people to be the best versions of themselves. Could you shed some light on your backstory? How did you get started? So um, I am a daughter of, of, a, of an immigrant. My, my father migrated here back in late, uh, late early 70s, actually. So um, he was invited to, to come here, actually. And I know everyone thinks that immigrants are all, you know, like coming off the boat, but that's not necessarily true. Um, so he was invited and he went to um, school here, got his master's. He was working on computers before we even knew what they were. And um, so I, I grew up here in I grew up in Georgia, in Atlanta. Uh, he went to Georgia Tech. Yes, we, we have rivalry on the house. I went to UGA. <laughs> so I guess I was always a rebel. Um, and um, so I think from the start, like for me, being, um, uh, well, for, for, first of all, I feel like, like I was raised in a communal, familial uh, atmosphere, right? Like, so if we think about where I'm from, originally from Pakistan, it is, if we look at Hofstad's theory, it's a communal and a, um, familial uh, culture. And so although I was at that time the only uh, only um, uh, daughter, the only child, I still had cousins that I grew up with. And then I saw my mom and my mom, or I watched my mom be such a, a compassionate, loving um, human being to others. And it was uh, it, it was that, and then having been an underdog myself, I just have this belief that everyone in God's eyes and Allah's eyes is equal, and we all bring, you know, every everything the same, and it's up to us to have the skills to go to that next level. And I want to be that conduit for individuals to you know, have those skills to go to that next level, to um, be the best that they can be. Now, what they do with it. Is, is, is their destiny, but at least I know I did my part, you know, to do that. Hence, where I've been, you know, um, 
career-wise, uh, you know, where I am today, even career-wise, my research, you know, I was fighting for the glass ceiling back in the day when I was coming out of college. And matter of fact, somebody was just asking me, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, when, when I was in college, I was like, I'm going to break this glass ceiling and the door and the windows. And, um, and I'm, I may not be in corporate America, America doing that. Um, I've spent most of my time, my career in academia, but I did research on how to break it. I've done, I continue to do research. I, I continue to do things that support, you know, support that. So it's something that's very important to me, not equality, but equity. And I've been talking about equity for a long time because that's what, if I think about what I'm passionate about, and once I was told, what is it that really upsets you? And what really upsets me is when people, you know, there's not equity in the world. And so I've been on that box for, for a long time, creating equity. Dr. Malik is all over social media. I follow her on LinkedIn and she has this uh it's a newsletter she publishes once a week. It's, I call it M3, uh, Malik Monday Mentoring. Uh, really provides insightful, actionable steps that you can take to you know, go to that next level that she's talking about. So she's not only speaking of it, she actually she does it, and she's very committed to it. And I will put her link uh, to, uh, to, link to, to LinkedIn as well as our other social media platforms. Um, but I would encourage you to just check out her Malik Monday mentoring. So are there any projects that you're working on right now, Dr. Malik, that you're excited about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you kidding? Like I'm always working on a project, project, projects, uh, <laughs> plural. Um, I have several. The one that I'm passionate about is, um, as you can tell, like, like I have on a colorful little, uh, cover so I've been working on, you know, making kaftans and, and kaftan shirts, kaftan covers um, for uh, making out uh, clothes for the last maybe a year and a half to two years. I just, um, I, even though I was raised in the U.S., you know, you might think that, oh, you know, she's American. In a lot of ways, I am. Um, but, uh, when it comes to, you know, my culture and my religion and how I dress, I still like to be, uh, modest. And, uh, so I just said, I couldn't find some stuff that I wanted and I just started designing my own. And now, you know, like people are like, Oh, I like, I like that. I like that. And I was like, Oh, well, so it's really a passion project and inshallah, I'll, I'll be the next, um, house. House of Versace, because my name, my business uh, is a uh, House of Rubina. So they'll, people will be like, who's Versace? I know House of Rubina. <laughs> how did you get started with all of this? I mean, was it just something you, you, you know, obviously you said, you know, you couldn't find something, so you created it, right? If you can't find right. it, build it. So when it comes to a house, I have no idea. Like, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you anything. Like, you know, I did learn a few things because in my, in my last place, one of my friends came and decorated it. And I'm like, okay, now why did you put that? And he's like, it's the size. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had no idea. You know, I probably would put something small in a big room. So I, I know that's not my, and, and this is like, I want the listeners to get something out of this story. It's like understanding what you're good at, what your strengths are, knowing that as well. So 
I have no problem hiring someone to do an interior because I know that's not my strong suit. I can't walk into a room and visualize it. Now, when it comes to clothes, I can look at a piece of cloth. I can even look at an outfit. And let's say, like, I kind of even know your personality. Um, and I could probably pick up an outfit for you. And you would love it. Right? And then you would be like, how did you know? I just, I don't know. I can't tell you that. It's just like a strong suit. I can visualize it. Like, you know, some people are like, I can't see it together. See, I can in my head. And so for me, what I would do is like, I'm looking at something and I'm like, wow, like I could wear that or I would love that if it had this, this, and this. And then I just started putting this, this, and this on on it and voila. And then of course, yeah. And and I'm, um, I'm very like, I, I like color. Um, and so, and the other thing that's important to me is using, you know, fabric from my native, my mother country, Pakistan. And, um, that's really important to me. And we have beautiful fabric and fabric that's, you know, vibrant and colorful. And so to be able to use that. And, uh, my dream really is to source all my stuff from Pakistan, um, as well as have the clothes be made in Pakistan. So. It's interesting. I wanted to circle back on a topic that you, you it, it's in your resume and you kind of mention it, but you know, you talk about D, E, and I, and you know, some organizations talk about, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and some even go as far as to say belonging. What are some of the challenges you see, you know, as you work with these, whether it's a startup or if it's a Fortune 500 company, do you see themes that you could say, yep, um, I know where this is going. These people don't get it. Or, hey, this this looks great. I'm positive. What is your perspective on this whole DEI, um, you know, thing, so to speak? <laughs> what is, What is your? Could you talk to us about that? Yeah, like how much time do we have? <laughs> um, right. So, uh, diversity, you know, equality, inclusion, belonging, and I mean. And you know, what is there you know, when we're talking about, you know, I feel like right now we're pushing it. Everybody's like pushing it. Like, we got to do this. We got to do this. And, you know, I was just working. Um, I was, you know, I have my own consulting firm. So I was working with a client and we work together. And not only is he my client, but sometimes he also asks me to work with him on other things. And we were, he's working on a project with, the, with, the, with one of his clients that he was asking me. And I was telling him something. I was like, look, if we're going to do diversity work, and this is, we, we can't just go in and say, okay, let's clean up this room and, you know, like, let, let, let's hurry up and clean up this room and, 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 and make it diverse. Like, it takes time to change a culture. It takes time to change a mindset. And the more we push it into people's faces, the more people resist. People don't like change. So we got if we're going to bring diversity in D E and I and B into corporations, we have to do it in a way that you know, people can call um, it. Digest and it. So for me, yeah, digest it. So for me, the biggest thing is, um, yes, there isn't. We we do have an issue. Organizations do need to evaluate the number of diverse candidates that they have, you know, in their companies, and then secondly, they need to do work 
not because they have to, because they want to. And I think that's very important. And you can see the culture and you can feel the culture when an organization does that. And you might ask, okay, so what does that mean? Um, it, like I said, it means putting stuff into your culture, putting stuff into your business, and doing it in a way that can be digestible and shifts cultures. It may not, it might, let's not do it in a week, let's just do it in a month. Do, stop, stop trying to shove it down and, and say you're working on it and putting a, if you, all you're doing is putting a band aid on it. You're not getting down to the root of it. Um, and I'm saying get down to the root of it shift things and then allow it to um to make an impact in your organization and to make an impact in our society as well and the biggest thing is for me is that don't put don't put minority or diverse candidates into positions that they might fail and i say might fail is because you haven't trained them you haven't given them what they needed and you're putting them in there just because you feel like you have to versus like, yes, this is a valid candidate. If you don't have valid candidates, start training them, start giving them what they need and then putting them to those positions or putting them in those positions and making sure they get the resources that they need. So there's a lot of work we have to do around that and making sure that then they're successful in that position. Don't put diverse candidates into positions and be like, yeah, I told you. Mm-hmm. I put that Pakistanian princess in that position and, you know, she didn't make it. Well, I know they weren't talking about me, but, you know. No, I, I love that concept because that's really what Daraja is all about. You know, you talk about you can't really force change. Change has to occur. It, it goes through a process. Um, and people have, you have to give people time and grace to adjust to that the, the change. And it, it happens not by, you know, microwaving it. But by taking slow steps, uh, you know, and making progress along the way. And I think that, you know, you talked about, you know, the spirit of what you're doing versus the letter. Yeah, I have a, a diverse set of candidates and that I'm, I'm compliant. But are you really making the impact that, um, w- that, that the program isn't intended to, 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 to perform? So, no, I, I love that. And for those of you who are listening, uh, Dr. Malik is, she does this for a living. So she knows what she's talking about. And again, we'll put a uh, link uh, to her, her talks, uh, her company uh, in the show notes. So you could just scroll down and see how you could reach out to her if you need help uh, in terms of, uh, you know, your diversity, equity, uh, inclusion and belonging program. So Dr. Malik, you know, you own your own company, you run marathons, you love serving others, and so much more, making clothes, cutting, you know, designing clothes. Um, will you tell us what your daily routine looks like, if there's, if there's such a thing? Right. That's what I was like. Do I have a routine? Um, I mean, I, I do have a routine in the sense that, um, oh, sorry, <laughs> my niece just sent me a picture. Of uh, her wearing my necklace, a necklace I gave her. <laughs> so, sorry, that's much more important. Let me. Uh, uh, and today's picture day, so she's wearing auntie's uh, uh, auntie's necklace. Uh, so that's something that's really important to me. That's a daily. Actually, that's a daily. Uh, this is something that I do daily. So 
I don't care where I am in the world. I will get up and I will text my niece and nephew goodnight. And sometimes that's 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning. So connecting with family. No, connecting with them. Connecting with them in particular. Okay. And being there for them, knowing that auntie is always there. Auntie. They uh, have no idea that I'm in a totally different time zone. No. And that's really important. And um, so... So anyway, so I get up at 3.30 to wish them a good night. <laughs> but um, so my daily routine, I, I usually, um, I will start out, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm usually up early in the morning. So, you know, before Fudger, I'm, I'm usually, like, I, I just, it's just a natural. I've always gotten up early. I, I exercise and uh, I may, um, I may eat or not, depends on if I'm fasting. And then I, you know, like, let's say it's at eight o'clock or you know, start my day. Usually it's a little bit earlier because I do start early and, and I'm very keen about getting started early because I, you know, early bird work gets the loan, but I'm a morning person. So I like to uh, be up early. Hence we're up early this morning. <laughs> so you're up earlier than me. Um, and, and for me, it's like having a schedule, like knowing what I'm talking about. I mean, I usually plan. I'm a planner. So, you know, like what's going on this week in particular, like what's going on today? What are the top three things that I want to accomplish today? And having them in priority order. Um, and then, you know, working towards them. I can't say exactly what, when, or it could be a meeting, it could be a, a task. Um, so I make sure I take the time to do, um, uh, to do what, you know, what it, what is a priority. And sometimes, you know, it may be I'm at the tailor's house, you know, at the tailor's at a certain time, you know, getting something done. Um, or I might be, um, you know, on a phone call or at a networking meeting or at a conference. So it's, um, it's prioritizing. That's, I think that's just always just very important. And the other thing is you heard me say, like, you know, my top three things. Whereas human beings, like, we had, don't have, like, lists with, you know, 5,000 things on it, you can take this list and then take, okay, I'm going to work on this today. I'm going to work on that today. Um, because our mind can't put our, the mind looks at that list and going, oh my God, there's 5,000 things. I'm tired. Pick two to three things. Our mind can only really connect um, up to uh, up to five things. I agree. It's funny. A few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend and I said, you know, I think we should probably focus on the not to do list instead of a to do list um, because it's it's important, you know, when you talk about priority. Um, but obviously, you're an early riser, a self starter, a planner, well organized, and you you you're 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 uh, you're focused you're focused on on the outcome. So one one of the things I wanted to get from you before uh, before we close out is, you know, you're obviously a reader. Any uh, suggestions or recommendations of books or perhaps something you're reading now that you found motivational or informative that you'd like to share with our listeners? I've got a couple. Um, so I'm, I'm so one is The Enemy is the Ego. So um, I've heard fabulous things about this guy and his, his books. So I've started, I just started that. That's in, that's in written form. So I have the book because I do like the book. But I've really gotten into audio lately, so I just finished, and I love her book. It's uh, Rachel Rogers. I, I've gone to one of her workshops and stuff, and um, she's written a book called Everyone Should Be a Millionaire. And 
it really puts um I like to think I have a you know, a good mindset and uh but she really put a lot of stuff in perspective when it came to our a uh, mindset when it comes to money and even you know starting businesses and um so that's kind of like motivated me a little bit more to push me uh like what more can I do and like yeah I can I want to be a million I can be a multimillionaire, you know, like that's my goal. <laughs> Why not? You know, and to dream big, like it's okay. We can. And I think sometimes, um, uh, like, you know, why would I want to be a multimillionaire? Why not? I can give more. I can make a contribution to others. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, money opens up so many other avenues and it's not just about money for yourself, but the impact that you can make in your communities. Right. Um, so for me, part of it is that, and that is a part of what she's saying too, is like, you know, you want to help. There's, it, it, you know, like having that mindset and really going through those things that, um, stop you from really excelling and creating your own business or even in business. And then, um, what else, what else? The mountain is you. And I have just literally just finished 21%. It says here. I'm totally in love with the book. And it was referred to me by someone. And I'm just always like, oh, my God, thank you for. um, But it really talks about our resistance, you know, like how we, you know, the things that we resist. And and the mountain is you, right? Like, and I'm going to assume, you know, because I haven't finished it. But it's just talking about we get in our own way. How many? We do, right? We get in our own way in so many things. And sometimes part of it is resistance. So. Yeah, that's, it's kind of like, so the first book you mentioned was uh, Ego is the Enemy, I think. You said Ego is the that. Enemy. I, I, think I've, I think I may have read it because it's, it kind of, uh, it's along the same theme as The Mountain is You, where you kind of get in your own way, um, if, I'm, if I'm thinking of the right book. So the first one was Ego is the Enemy, uh, Everyone Should Be a Millionaire, and the third one is The Mountain is You. I would highly recommend those books. And I wanted to kind of wrap up with a question that, you know, maybe uh, some of our listeners are young, starting out in college. And I know, you know, given you, you mentor a lot of uh, folks, um, what advice would you give to someone who, you know, they're, they're struggling with, should they take the corporate path or take a more of a philanthropic path? What advice would you give to a young Muslim who is struggling with perhaps their identity or just struggling with what's next in life? You know, I just spent 18 years at Morehouse, right? I was a business professor, so I don't know if you knew that. This is just right up my alley. Everybody has their own path, and it's always, you know, everyone's path is different. So the first thing I would say is don't be attached to how it's going to look, right? For me, it's almost like every degree I got, I got a new, you know, a, a, a new way, a new job, or a new um, a new area, I would say, not a new job, but like I said, the theme is always very similar. Um, so, you know, go explore. Um, so, you know, be practical, be realistic. Um, I'm ne- I never want to cut off anybody's dream, but like I said, be responsible, you know, with that. I love it. Thank you. Be practical, be realistic, and be responsible. So, Thank you so much for spending time with us, Dr. Ravina, and for inspiring us all to be the best versions of ourselves through the insights that you've shared. And thank you to our listeners for listening to today's podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe so more people can find their ways to our community. And may you all have a wonderful day. And we look forward to the next podcast. No, it's y'all. It's not you all. It's y'all. May y'all. Yeah, there we go. May y'all have a wonderful day and keep sharing so we can all get to our higher selves. Amen. Amen. I mean. <laughs>